live from the lighter, gentler, more organized ice cream cone eating photo op apocalypse. This is State of the Game, Volume 62. I am your co-host, the lord of your local IHOP, Dano. And my co-host, K Diggy, he is very depressed. He's he's out there making memories in the big city, but this was supposed to be his week. He loves the Kanye West. This album we're talking about, one of the albums we're talking about today is uh, gonna is showcases the fraternity he was a part of. Uh, so we ain't got it. <laughs> we're gonna have to shout out the broke five broke crowd you know, who's out there. So thank you for being with us and try and get some more light in here. There you go. Um, yeah, no, it's I'm very interested in your music. Um, something random is what I listen to, and I'm very interested because, and you can see it in the music that you pick to highlight and discuss, that it's 2005 was a weird time. Yeah. In music. And there were there were divisions, right? In there were lots of divisions. There were regional divisions, right? Yeah. Southern rap. Do you like Southern rap? Do you like East Coast rap? Um, but there were like sonic divisions, right? There were like uh 2005 was really, you know, Swiss beats, Neptunes, Danny yeah. Fresh, keyboards no samples, uh, all that stuff. And that whole production team around the rock, we're talking about Bink, we're talking about Just Blaze and Kanye, they really started working samples back in. Uh, and the, this is kind of a, the three albums we're talking about is The Cool by Lupe Fiasco, Late Registration Kanye, and 444. And these albums are really post that wave. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm very glad you picked them. Why did you pick those three albums? Um, you know, I think uh, like Jay and Kanye are two of my favorite, uh, two of my favorite artists. Um, and then Lupe specifically, you know, Lupe with the cool, I think. Uh, I think Lupe was kind of a pioneer of a lot of, you know, images and thoughts and all this and rap. He doesn't get a lot of the credit. I think Kanye with Late Registration, that's honestly one of Kanye's best albums. Like when people say, I miss the old Kanye, like that's one of them they're talking about. Uh, and I think that that album is kind of pivotal in rap. And then 444, uh, it, it's honestly um, for somebody that's kind of like, you know, one of the, one of the greatest rappers of all time. When you talk about Jay, yeah, and him being a, a heavy um, icon in like the hustle culture, right, right. As, as far as that, is one of the most uh, emotionally um, kind of available albums. Like he's very like, hey, you know, this is what's been going on in my life. So I really appreciate, and, and especially as somebody like you know as deep in his in the rap game as he is, as old as he is, and still to be like, you know putting something out like that. Like, I really appreciated the album. And that's one of the reasons why Jay and Nas survived. Uh, when the 90s was incredible, 
but it's littered with brilliant people who never never caught a real audience right like uh i don't know why he coming to mind but mr cheeks comes to my mind yeah. i love mr cheeks but he never was able to survive the changing tides and part of it was because even if you listen to like volume one s dot carter volume one there's emotional songs yeah right he was always able to tie it to his emotional reality yeah and, absolutely and it made it so vivid for the person listening and Nas was doing the same deal mm -hmm. uh, the writing was a different level you know and in terms of Lupe and we should probably just start with the cool right <laughs> yeah we should probably just start with I have I'm so glad you forced these three albums on me I am one of the people who overlook albums like these um i you know the narratives were heavy around all three of these albums yeah um and so i have like yeah i have misconceptions so this week i was living in these albums you know i was just like hitting them over and over again and it was they were so interesting um and we, we have, this is a recurring motif. We have a recurring motif on State of the Game where we shit on Atlantic Records. <laughs> it's, it's kind of our thing. Uh, we had a mixtape episode with E from uh, Next Movement Podcast. We talked about Donis and how they dropped the ball on Donis. Do you remember Donis? Uh, late. Uh, he, was, he was supposed to be the next big kind of Southern ringtone guy fun music and they just couldn't make it lift off uh, they they were kind of a factory like a ringtone factory of like selling you know we want platinum singles we want we want people buying ringtones they were pumping it out you know think of, together like bodies of work think Wiz Khalifa is the study right Wiz Khalifa those albums were incredible. Cushion Orange Juice is legendary. And then you go to the Rolling Papers album, and it's kind of a gaggle of singles. Yeah. That's Atlantic. So Atlantic is, is like that. And Atlantic is the label that kind of put Lupe in the cellar after the cool, right? Yeah. Uh, I would say it was because from what I remember, it was like food and liquor, the cool, and then it was supposed to be L U P N, and that yeah. was gonna be like the you know he was gonna retire after that, and Atlantic was like we got you for what do they say like five albums, right? So then we get lasers and you know like other and so I you know that's when kind of Lupe, sort of gets kind of in that like you know making singles, but you still always respect Lupe because he definitely always like. Put together a body of work and i think he you know made a lot of like what he wanted to make so i and i've always so the i think to start talking about the cool the first thing i would do uh i would i have a preface um right. when you are an intelligent rapper um you have a likability quotient that you have to hit yeah that you do not have if you're hardcore 
if you're hardcore, you can kick anybody in the face you want. But if you are in, if you are trying to carry intelligent subject matter and uh, move that forward, you have to be relatable. And it's something on a textural level that the audience just shuts down and doesn't want to hear you anymore, right? Uh, and you've seen it with people like Talib Kweli who pops in and out of the public sphere, right? Yeah. It's like, it's about relatability. It's about likability. Um, and you've seen it with Lupe, right? He's had trouble fully, he's prickly. He's a little prickly. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. And so he's he's engaged with things the wrong way. The one that sticks in my head is the hip hop honors thing. Do you remember this? I think I do. Where like he was doing a tribute to Tribe. He was on electric relaxation and he botched it. He botched his part. And instead of just being like, oh man, that sucks. I really would have liked to have done that. <laughs> he, he kind of said, you know, I didn't even listen to them that much. I was eight ball and MJG. And we're all like, Dude, I'm you hear some of it. Tokyo you right some, now. What are you talking about? <laughs> you hear some of that in the cool where uh there's a point, I think uh Soldier Boy had come out like that, saying yes. he made fun of the Superman in there, and he was, you know, that's so stupid. Yep. And even with the song Dumb It Down, like I, I enjoy that song and I understand the point of it, you know. Um, but and, and I know that's something he dealt with like as an artist, you know. Labels telling them you gotta dumb it down, you gotta dumb it down. But instead of kind of sometimes that that gets taken out on us as the audience. Yes. Instead of instead of you know like the labels, it's like y'all gotta get smarter. And it's you know you can't always tell people to do that. Some you know, sometimes like now nah, they're gonna like what they're gonna like. Right. No, it, it's I'm glad you said that. Like, my notes, I took notes for the cool, and they're the they're the most insane notes that ever written. Uh, but one of them is, I used to hate Dumb It Down. I thought he was calling his audience dumb and making himself the king of smart rap. Yeah. But as I listen now, it's very likely he aimed this at Atlantic. It was just yeah. label frustration. The whole third verse where he's like, headless like Ichabod Crane, necklace and can't wear a necklace is just dope. It's just a great, it's a great performance. Yeah. And so that was kind of lost in the mix of, of the likability quotient. Absolutely. And I mean, you know, a lot of Lupe is above everyone's head. Some of it is, you know, entendres that are so deep, metaphors that, you know, is going to be, it's only going to hit, you know, this person, that person, this person. And, you know, I'm not going to say, oh, yeah, I know everything he's talking about. You know, it, absolutely. He's trying to be above your head. Right. But sometimes you have to appreciate that because now it's like, all right, well, I got to go, you know, see what dude is talking about. Like, I'm not, you know, and so that always, um, like, once again, Lupe, I picked that album because Lupe is definitely the precursor to, like, someone like Kendrick. Oh, like, yeah. People, people don't know, like, Kendrick is way above. Uh, people's heads and right. also kind of the perspective they have of like one thing that gets lost with Lupe is like you know he's he's from Chicago and you know he's seeing all this but he's not a participant and I think Kendrick sort of has that same perspective like of sort of you know seeing it not being a full participant and you know you kind of hear that in Lupe's music I think the difference between them being sort of 
Lupe kind of falls in that category of sort of nerd rap. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, you hear a lot of this stuff, like like him in fashion, Lupe was, you know, ahead of everybody. Everybody kind of, he was the one kind of set waves, him and Kanye. And right. him to be a Kanye-backed rapper, you know, and Kanye being another sort of fashion-forward rapper, like, you know, it, it, he's, they don't really get the credit that they deserve. Or at and, least and, yeah. and, and part of the reason I felt so betrayed during the whole Lupe fiasco is, <laughs> um, is that when I heard him on Touch the Sky, I was like, that's my fucking guy now. Yeah, it's crazy. Right? Like, I was basically, it was kind of that feeling of when I first heard Raekwon, Raekwon rap and I was like, all right, you guys can have math. You guys can have, like, that's my yeah. guy. Yeah. Um, and so... I felt Lupe was my guy. The the breath control, uh, the word choice, the references, the way it rolls into itself. It, there, nothing ever felt labored in, yeah. in, in the communication of it. I was like, that's my guy. I'm going to move to this, you know? Um, and when it got weird, it got, it got too much. Yeah, I feel that. Cheeseburger song got too much. Uh, it, it is it's yeah. very unrelatable. Like, and but, I think that's another reason I picked Lupe. Like, he is very unrelatable. Um, but sometimes that's the stuff that like pushes music forward and pushes rap forward. Like, you know, I think right now we're kind of like this very relatable period. Like, everybody's very connected to their audience because they feel like you know the audience and the the rapper, or especially with you know so many people trying to rap right now, and you feel very connected to an artist that you feel like you're in their lane, right? And you know someone like Lupe, even now, you can't really name anybody that's like sort of in his lane that's really come out and been as sort of you know um, what he, I think it's like. Uh, I think he says he's against ignorance. I can't remember the, the uh, line, but you know, like you know, very much like you know, the words he uses in his his choice of topic, mm-hmm. it's still not a rapper really. This kind of like hit that on the nose, like he has. I was, yeah. I mean, I think in terms of when you're talking about like he's created a a lot of open doors for other people. I just I was thinking about like how when you ever you talk to like Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. And you talk like about who his heroes are. He's like Allen Iverson, you know. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a bunch of people who never won championships, right? Allen Iverson, Steve Nash. You know, like I wanted to combine all these games into this, and like, so there's a bunch like Russell Westbrook. There's a bunch of people in the league now who grew up idolizing Iverson, right? And he's kind of created generations of superstars. Absolutely. And you can see that movement from Lupe to where we are now. Because, Absolutely. right, nerd rap was very segmented. It was it was just as niche as, like, the Juggalos. It was like, yeah. <laughs> over there, you don't get that near me. Um, and then, now you got some nerd rapper with, you know, is backed by Jay-Z. Like, yep. Yeah, no, it's there's no coal without you know Lupe. There is absolutely no coal without Lupe. What's so, funny is when you listen to the cool, especially as you get toward the end of it, like it definitely gets a little more rock and roll too. Um, 
which I had sort of forgotten about. Yep. And once again, when you talk about sort of today's rap era of rap sort of being this kind of punk rock phase, um, like, you know, that's another kind of, you know, sort of branch from Lupe, like, hey, you know, I was back there doing all this a little bit ago, like, but, you know, it, it's music, it all cycles and comes back around. Right. No, it, it, by the way, I would be remiss if I didn't, within the likability quotient conversation, be specific that it is racial. That if you are a white rapper and you are making intelligent music, you're in pretty good shape no matter how likable you are. Absolutely. Um, I mean, it's just over and over again, there's people like this, super grumpy, intelligent white rappers that white audiences are cool with. 100%, no issues. Um, uh, what's funny about that is like, uh, I had a conversation about like, Kendrick winning a Pulitzer Prize Award. Right. Um, and, you know, a lot of it is because of his level of intelligence and his rap and, you know, the, the cleverness. And it's funny when you talk about somebody like, you know, Lupe or even some of Jay's stuff back in the day. Right. It's like that, that level of, um, you know, that racial issue there. Like, it wasn't until probably the last maybe five years or so that, like, rap was even considered, like, a legitimate you know, form of music. Like I, I still, I'm still old enough to remember when, you know, people were, you know, pointing their finger at rap and being like, you know, it's, you know, you know, question it's, it's, um, you know, it's, it's creativeness and it's, uh, it's difficulty. And, you know, now it's, everything is rap. You know, every artist that's pop is trying to be a rapper, you know? And so it, because of that, you know, it, people like Lupe weren't allowed to, to, you know, of course he's going to be angry because everyone's, you know, looking at him. Like you said, as, if he was a white rapper, uh, they would have ate it up. Right. No, 100%. There's, a, there's something different about, about how that performs in the public space uh, that's, you know, obviously based on hundreds and hundreds of years of just, just Reed Baldwin. Get back to me, Reed Baldwin. With that. The, um, so... But yeah, no, it's, I was fascinated re-listening to it. There was so much, like, Lupe is, is so experimental with what he does, even within the context of, the, of his album. Like, as an example, I find Go Baby annoying. Yeah, absolutely. It's not just the hoot hoot stuff. It's almost the whole song. The pace of it is weird and cutesy. After a lot of heavy content, what yeah. are you doing? Um, but he threw it in there. <laughs> he, he didn't care. He's, he's he's not just experimenting from album to album. He's experimenting song to song. Absolutely. And that's madness because you go from like, I mean, the best hook on here for me might be "Hello Goodbye." I just love, I love that song. I think it's amazing. Um, I think the, uh, yeah. I really love I really love the die. I love the whole story he puts together. I like it at the end there where he's, you know, he's talking about like, you know, we're going to go up in this club, you know, talking from the two, the two different perspectives. And, you know, and right before that, you know, his boy's like, oh, ain't nobody going to shoot you here. And then as they're going and he's explaining everything and the shooter's saying he knows everything. And, you know, the dude's like, oh, we got all this. And you kind of like, oh, he got set up. Like, 
and just to kind of see both perspectives. Like I always was a big fan of that one. Yeah, I mean, it, I was gonna tell, I was gonna that was gonna be a point here is Lupe. I was typing the note. Lupe is good at switching character perspective during the song. That's another Kendrick thing too. Multiple times per song, sometimes. Yeah. And as I was typing it, I was listening to Little Weapon start, yeah. and I was like, "Oh shit, this is exactly." You know, he's like quick hits of like a sentence here, a sentence there, and he is inhabiting uh, these different characters, these different perspectives. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Kendrick is is a great, great point there. Kendrick was the first guy I felt like knew he was representing a generation. Uh, absolutely. I don't know. I think. Um... I would put Drake there too. Okay, I think, that's I think fair. Those two kind of, especially as Drake, like, because by the time Kendrick really was represented generation, you know, it was that good kid, Mad City. Um, his first two they hit, but they're not like. Uh, but, oh, and and what I mean is like, like when he writes a song like ADHD, right? Yeah. He's like speaking for. About, okay. Right. He's it, it, his pen means to do that. And he got criticized early on because these songs about women were not favorable female characters, right? Absolutely. And but that's you know that's what he was dealing with. That and and he wanted to speak to their situations, right? Um, and so I felt like he he knew and was trying to inhabit multiple spaces to speak to other people's stories on top of his, and and Lupe cares in that same way like about other people's lives you know what was the do you remember the story about the skateboarding about the kick bush thing uh oh my goodness it, it i i feel like i don't what was i'm it? gonna tell a oh, go ahead go ahead i'm gonna tell a shitty half paying attention version of it but it's basically he did kick push and like uh black skateboarders are serious dead serious <laughs> and they came and were like you're not a fucking skateboarder and he was like yeah i know man i was trying to put on for you i was trying to let the public know you're here yeah you know what i mean i, I dabble but and i'm no good but i'm here i'm here to tell your story you know um and that that's that's hard right he doesn't have to do that Absolutely. Um, so that's and I think that's that that kind of comes back to sort of the relatability issue of Lupe. I think a lot of times, you know, with the perspective thing, he definitely does kind of, you know, uh it's sort of like the the black nerd thing because people forget like Kanye was also part of that when it was yes. first coming up. Like Kanye was probably one of the first rappers that was really like, I was in college. You know, before that, you don't really remember any rapper being like, you know, I went to, you know, he kind of was one of the first being like, and yeah, it's the college dropout, but he was really one of the first, like, college rappers. Right. That came, you know, I was in college, came straight out of it. And with Lupe, like, you know, he, he wanted to represent all the nerds, all, you know, every niche of, of you know, what he felt like where, you know, hey, as a black kid, you could be this, you could be that, you could be this, you could be that. And sometimes that does get a little try hard. Like, it's like, all right, you know, we get it. And all those lanes do exist. I'm glad you, you know, shed light on that. 
But like you said, with the skateboarders, like sometimes you're gonna you're gonna get called out for people being like, hey, you know, that's that's not our image like that, you know. Right, right. No, it, it's he did a lot. I mean, and and yeah, I said Gotta Eat is one of my least favorite rap songs ever. It's so dumb. It makes me mad to have someone this smart waste time on this. Um also. How do these beats by soundtrack hold up? Like, I really like Streets on Fire. Overall, does this does this sound like 07 or does this? This, is this, this definitely is an older, you know, I think of between these three, you know, and obviously 444 being, you know, very recent or right. you know, recent-ish. Uh, it definitely kind of, I won't say it ages well. I think right. it ages well if, you know, if if you're a kid now and somebody goes, hey, go listen to Lupe, right. you're definitely gonna be like, oh, this is an older album. Right, right. This is you know, it's kind of one of those. Like it isn't, I won't call it timeless. Um, but absolutely uh, you know, very good album. But like I said, it, it's definitely no very it's, seven. It's interesting. It it's there's but yes, it is time stamped. It's not bad production, it's not like you sit there like, but like it is timestamp. It sounds like 07. It sounds like when Chicago found its event rap yeah. persona. Uh, because Chicago's had many personas, but it didn't really have like a big public. Yeah, Common was probably the biggest one. Common, was, was, big, Common was always in that kind of muted neo-soul kind yeah. of lane. And now we were like, Let's bring Matthew Santos and we're like, this is, we're going platinum, you know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's, you know, you could do that with that sound and keep it soul based. Um, let me say, oh, oh, I had a Matthew Santos note. I want to hire Matthew Santos to sing counter arguments to my wife when we're fighting. <laughs> make things nicer. That's that note. Absolutely. And I think that's another thing, you know, because um, that makes me think about Superstar. Yep. Uh, Lupe did have hits off this album. Oh, yeah. You know, like, people forget, like, he, he definitely had some, like, major hits off this. Like, it wasn't just, like, uh, you know, a uh, super underground album. Like, no, they were, like, you know, Superstar was, every, that song played everywhere. And, and, yeah, you, like you said, you're old enough to remember <laughs> There's a time when, like, the difference between underground and pop was, like, a huge issue. Yeah. <laughs> constant issue, right? And so I was one of the only people who, like, when it, shit was coming out, I was like, yeah, I'm comparing the new J to the new Dell. You know? I'm cool. You know, I'm like a... And I'm, and I'm picking here or there. Like, I yeah. kind of don't care what the difference was in your budget. If I like that one better, I like that one better, whatever. You good. Know? It's good or not. Uh, right. And so I was just kind of trying to run through whatever. And it was it, Lupe is is not underground. No, because, it, it, because I think underground just clearly doesn't want to be. Pop, right. If you listen to Cold Vein, the Cannibal Ox, right, they don't want to make pop music. They don't want to hit the radio. Um, if you listen to Lupe, Lupe is singing on. Yeah. He's buttery on this. 
I mean, like multiple genres and, and you know, like, like, I mean, Go Baby is probably the best example when you say, yeah. you know, yeah. making a pop song. Like, that's that's a pop song. 100%. I mean, it was, yeah, so he's, it's it's interesting. There's a, yeah. I don't know. And, and in terms of, so it got me thinking, right, the whole Atlantic thing. Because, like I said, that pocket from Superstar through Hip Hop Save My Life. We're talking about tracks five through tracks nine. I'm a big song runs guy. Super pop songs, giant records, right? Um, Atlantic Records should never have bothered him about anything after this album. No, not at all. I feel like they should have just let him do his thing. 100%. And you know this, right? The, The same way I I know this that like certain artists get a blank check. You know what I mean? A blank check to do whatever they want, right? After Kanye drops the albums he drops, he gets a blank check. Do whatever you want to do. We will put it out. Just keep making it, right? That is the blank check he should have got. And so five through nine, right? That's Superstar, Paris, Tokyo, High Definition with Snoop, Yeah, Gold Watch, Hip Hop Saved My Life. Gold Watch was real good. Paris and Tokyo was real good, too. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was when I talked to, to, to KD and we were doing this, he was like, I haven't listened to The Cool in a while, but I listened to, like, Paris, Tokyo at least once a month, you know? Um, and that's it's a, an incredible song. And, and Platinum singles, gold album. They should have given him the green light creatively and just said, release it within a year and a half. Whatever you're doing. It's funny. You almost, you know, when you, and like you know, he said, when you kind of break it down, like in the sections, you know, there's definitely like a different feel to this because sort of the, like you said, about the first half of it up to gold watch. Yep. Kind of has sort of like a different vibe. Yep. And then, you know, it changes after that. And then, like, you know, even, you know, after that, it's sort of the topic almost changes. You yep. know, it's no more no more love songs after that. Like, um, right. It's funny you said, I guess, until you get to go baby at the end. <laughs> and that's out of nowhere. But, yes, that's, the beginning is like go-go gadget flow, right? Yeah. And... And then the end is like the die and dumb it down and like wow you know we're we're hostile at that point like he's and that's when it starts getting a little more experimental it feels like he's like here I am I I introduce myself here's the radio hits here's what I can do um, and now here's the range oh now now here's all the shit I got to get off my chest um, so that's and. But yes, he wanted to do it both. He didn't want to be underground. He wanted to change what pop music was. Yeah. And I think that was yeah. Just sort of so, change like what you could be what you could be as a mainstream rapper. Yes. Because I mean, yeah. what we you know, in that time is is still that's like once again, you know, you kind of tie Lupe and Kanye together because I feel like they're the first two to kind of kind of be out there, but it's either, you know, you're full pop, you know, in the 
branch of MC Hammer sort of making like, you know, uh, you know, very mainstream songs, or it was like, you know, gangster rap, like, you know, in the streets, this, this, and that, or underground, you know, it, it, it was hard to find like, you know, somewhere like this where, you know, all different topics about whatever. And, you know, I think what, I think when you talk about relatableness, I think there is a Lupe song for everybody. Right. You know, a song that everybody can go, oh, I get this. It's just not like a whole album full of. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, he's doing lots of different kinds of albums. Um, yeah. No, it was, it, I'm going to steal a note. Yes. Okay. So this is related, but I was listening to Late Registration and it struck me Kanye, unlike Lupe, has an easy way of saying controversial things. Yeah. On the album, right? He leads off with the CIA selling crack and segues into if Magic Johnson has a cure for AIDS without anyone being mad at him. That's for right. <laughs> and those are wild statements. <laughs> he sounds like he's trying to figure it out, not teach us. At, that's a big point there. That's absolutely, I think, the biggest point. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of it was like, you could feel Kanye going through some of that, like, especially in Roses, you know, that's definitely like, you know, you, that's a crazy line. Right. You, know, right. you hear it and you like, and you hear, you hear all the emotion in that, that, that yeah. whole story. You, know, you felt like there, you were in the room with his family, you know, seeing his aunts and everything. 100%. Like, oh, damn. And, it, and that was just sort of like, kind of the, the, the place he was in where it's like, you know, damn, like how much money do we need to keep her alive? Like, yep. so absolutely. Cause that is insane. He said that and everybody just you know, brushed that aside. Yeah. I mean, to follow that roses could be my favorite written Kanye West song. Uh, it's, I understand that. it's absolutely it, because as a writer, the beautiful part is she doesn't die at the end. She yeah, recovers. You feel it's like it's a story about his grandmother getting sick and recovering. And it's amazing. It's a, it's, it, yeah. So, Absolutely. Is, so it's, but in terms of, of the Lupe stuff, it's, yeah, they should have given him the green light to do whatever he wants. If he says, Lupe, and I'm going to retire. Like, I don't think people knew that rappers are not telling the truth about that. Yeah. <laughs> retiring is really hard to do you have to prepare yourself emotionally and you're probably not going to do it at 25 no, uh, no. so you would have just said sure man sure man and just like get that up sell it as the retirement album and he comes back and you, and you, you saw that one too um, <laughs> but like this was back when labels tinkered like crazy yeah you don't really do that anymore <laughs> now they're just looking for I mean, uh, you know, anything that that can go viral, almost like uh, right. I think you saw over the pandemic. Um, and I'm not like I don't really, I actually don't listen to as much rap as you would think, um, especially yeah. now. I, I've, you know, now I'm, like if you were to go through my playlist, you know, or really just my shuffle in my phone, you'd be like, what is in here? But uh, you talk about uh, when people were waiting on a whole lot of red. Uh, Playboy Cardi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
an artist, Mario Judah, that popped up. I have no, didn't hear anything after him. Like, don't know what happened, but right. you know he was connected somehow. And the whole right. shtick was just, you know, I'm going to release whole lot of red. And it was just him kind of playing on being sort of this like uh, you know, hardcore, you know, the metal rapper. But, you know, like you said, no tinkering. But at the same time, we have no clue where he's at. No clue. I mean, do you remember? Oh, do you remember 22 Savage? For a second. I remember, I remember, I don't think, I think it was so ridiculous that I was like, I'm not even going to pay this any attention. And shout out 21 Savage had no idea what to do with this thing. Like this dude was like running around bonkers being like, I'm 22 Savage and fuck 21 Savage. I'm one better Savage. And people were like, is this a comedian? Is this a rapper? What is what is it, that line is very okay, is okay? <laughs> that line is very thin these days sometimes like you know you, you you'll see people like you said just come out and you know try to try to blur that line in the sense of like almost uh you know be a parody of themselves um and you know it, it's it, it, it has its ups and downs. You know, I think rap definitely uh, hit a point, and it's still kind of there where it takes itself too seriously. Yes. Like, like absolutely, rappers have always been, you know, I'm in the streets, I'm this, this, and that. I take myself seriously. But it's something different now when you talk about the uh, <clears throat> sort of the money and the fame that comes with it is a lot different than it was, you know, even 10 years ago. Right. So now... And it's a, a lot of it is because of social media and that word followers. You know, mm -hmm. they have this many followers. And so it kind of, you know, back then we were fans. So right. Now you're a follower. And it's, you know, it's not a huge difference. It's just a, you know, a small one, but it's, you know, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Yeah. And like rappers absolutely take themselves too seriously. Like Drake is somebody, you know, he's gotten to this point to where, you know, he he jokes, but then you, you feel this kind of like, you know, I'm Drake sense and everything he does. Uh, Young Thug is another one, you know, is a rapper that I think takes himself very seriously. And I think it just kind of loses that like, uh, you know, it loses that like light, um, that lightness of being an artist. You know, there is still that thing in the background of like, yeah, take yourself seriously. But at the end of the day, you know, you're still just making music. Like, like yeah. understand that, you know, <laughs> like that's all it is. Or, like you remember when Future became like the Dark Lord of, yeah. of Purple. Future right? is another good one. And he used to be like anthemic, you know, like honest. He used to, that rather song Honest, it was like yeah. NBA playoffs. Like he used to make crazy uplifting anthems about that. And he just went complete dark, drank, drug kind of thing and and i was like i hope he's okay and then part of me was like everyone else is doing this too though <laughs> like yeah. is this a real problem should i be worried or is this a new angle uh, and that's happening a lot too where it's, it's tough where you're like i'm listening to people like i hope he doesn't die yeah but i'm also like is he making this up just so I'll keep listening to see if he dies. 
which is which is wild. I don't know. It's hard to tell. Um, I'm, some of it is just you know you know sex, drugs, rock and roll is always gonna sell with music. Right. Um, you know I, I haven't because something random is still like the first thing I put out. I can do a lot. You know, I have a lot of that in what I make myself. Like, right. and some of it is just like, I have definitely kind of lived that life. Uh, I used to live in New Orleans for five years, you know, had a wild time. And right. sometimes those dudes are just talking about, uh, you know, previous times they had that were wild. And it's not like a constant thing. Cause I don't think, yeah. I think even when Future was, going through that phase like I don't know if it was constant I think it was just like when he can you know at that level of freedom when they can get crazy they can keep it up for three four days no consequences right and right. You know, everybody can't do that that's true uh yeah it's it's and the interesting part is 444 is a is about a lot of this like it is Jay kind of stepping into this world and sorting it out and it's yeah What's one of the interesting parts about 444 Family Feud is, is a really interesting song. Uh, it's him trying to stand between generations and get them to respect each other. Absolutely. Nobody wins when the family feuds. Is it being like, why are you calling me old? I'm someone you should look up to, right? <laughs> like, relax. And why don't you stop making fun of how this person's dressing? Tupac had a ring in his nose. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's... It's not... Yeah, and absolutely. I mean, and that's why Jay is one of rap's most important figures. Um, Even as you look at, like, his, uh, his personal growth and who he is, you know, he went from hustler to, to you know, now you look at him and, and Basquiat is his biggest influence. And uh just sort of the growth of like streets to to sort of was more the real world you know because the streets aren't the real world no matter you know however you cut it like you could be in the streets and that's your real life at the time right once you kind of get out of that you kind of realize you know you were in this bubble and and you know jay was in that bubble and then as he you know we've seen him get you know further out into the world Right. No, it's it, when I was when I was in the army and I got out of the army and people were asking me about the friendships in the army. I said, the thing is, these are like jail friends. It, you're in such tight quarters for like a while, for like condensed time uh, and you need each other or you're going to just you're it's going to be down bad. Uh, so I was like, you you don't understand that kind of friendship unless you've been in these kind of situations. Uh, and that connection doesn't ever leave because we've been through some weird shit. And yeah, so that, that's a, yeah, it, it's different. You, you're confined in a space that you realize no one else has to go through. Yeah. Like, oh man, this is, now I have a set of skills that don't make any sense. <laughs> I feel you. This is kind of what a gun show is. If you go to a gun show, it's a lot of veterans trying to use those skills for something. Yeah. You know, buy like a AR-15 because it looks like an M16, reassemble it like I used to. Um, you know, you, you got skills, but you don't know what to do with them. 
So what's crazy about 444 to me is it's not just a J doing a J performance that's really interesting. It's it's two people performing against each other and pushing each other really hard. No ID is incredible on this. Oh yeah, he lost his mind on this one. He knew. He knew this was the shot, right? Uh, and yeah. This is one of the first times like he had a couple of Donnie Hathaway samples in there. Like he sampled some of my favorite uh I think and he got one of my favorite Stevie Wonder songs um and loves and need a love today. Yeah. Uh, I mean you know, he they tapped into some soul songs that like and I you know, you talked about sampling earlier. I'm always a big fan of sampling because, uh, it's specific, you know, it's, it's something very specific to black music, you know, using old songs. And, you know, you see it in rock, they'll use chords and, you know, but, you know, they'll use whole songs. Yep. And it's sort of, it's like a pathway for someone else to be like, well, who did he sample? And now you go back and you find out about Donny Hathaway and all this stuff Stevie did, and so I like yeah. the samples on there were crazy. No, and it's it's uh, you know, I I used to walk around my apartment just putting Donnie on real loud and just be like, someday we. <laughs> I mean, so I'm I I know it, it, me and my friend joked, co-founder of the the DL, co-founder of Free Music Empire, that like, no ID flexed that he could pay for the samples. <laughs> he's like these are the samples you can't afford <laughs> so, absolutely donnie stevie like yeah I, i'm gonna pay stevie wonder and we're gonna get you know so it's uh that was yeah but he's he really does find ways to flip these uh things in new ways there are people who are just tired of bomb bomb it's been sampled a lot you know yeah. um and he found a new way to flip it. You've never heard it like that. No, never heard it like that. I mean, and it, and it hit like you were like, oh man. Yep. And it, the first note I put on my 444 was at first, we all thought Jay had lost his on beat capability. But I think it's possible he was experimenting with odd repetition and pauses. Yeah. Uh, listen to the Eric Benet restatement on Kill Jay Z. Fuck on Eric Benet. You know, it's it's one of those things where, and you know, and he says it in there. He did it all without a pen. You know, it's just, and and once again to talk about you know his influence and you know art influence in his rap now, and you know Basquiat and all that. That being sort of an abstract artist. You know, this is probably his most abstract album. Like, like you said, it's not, you know, a lot of a lot of it is sort of offbeat, but it's not really. If you listen to it, it, it and it's one thing that I think Jay and I always put kind of Drake in this category too, when Drake really gets in his his flow, is they they're almost talking to you, you know. It, it don't feel like rap, like it's just you know him really just getting there and talking but it's just talking in, in rhythm and and you get a lot of that in this one. Oh yeah i mean a lot of it and yeah it's it's interesting because he's working on emphasis odd repetition awkward spaces 
yeah capitalizing on people like young thug this is post eat the cake anime jay-z this is the this is the eat the cake anime jay-z era like you know um where you never know what's going to come out or if he's going to talk like about for the first half of the verse and then do something else and yeah he's switching it up so the first couple songs on here he's really experimenting with different vocal stuff kill jay-z he sounds sounds like my son when he doesn't get his way he has a whimper about yeah delivery uh, it's, it's that sadness of him having to you know kill that old self of his yep and it, regards the story of oj i i really don't like the writing on the story of oj now the whole jews own all property in america doesn't bother me i'm jewish and i've heard worse yeah thing that never that i'm not offended by anything he says is just the repetition and the awkwardness obscures the points i feel he's trying to make i don't think he successfully did what he wanted to do um on that song i i, I don't know i think i feel like he got his point across it, it was more just like i mean the the biggest point being that like no matter what you do, you know, you're still going to be black in America. Mm-hmm. Like, we can do all this infighting here. You're yep. still going to be black in America. You get this money, you can do this, you can do this. You're still going to be black in America. You get as high as you want. You're still going to be black in America. And I think that's what the repetition is about. Like, Ooh. you know, we're really trying to drive that point home. Like, you still are going to be black in America. I think the most successful point to build from what you're saying on that song is the I'm not black, I'm OJ. OJ. Okay. okay. And, you know, and, oh and absolute. And, and when, you know, when you talk about how that plays out in history, you know, OJ being kind of like, oh, you know, and that's a quote, you know, that is a quote from OJ. I'm not black, I'm OJ. Yep. Oh, yeah. And, you know, then you see where he is in 1992 and him trying to lean on the black community and his lawyers really playing up to a black audience, you know, it, yep. it's just kind of that like, hey, you know, you say that, but when things get hot and heavy, you know, you have to turn back and be black again. And I think that's what the story of OJ is trying to do. I think the mission statement of that song is I'm going to kind of leave breadcrumbs that lead you to what I'm trying to get to, right? Like, yeah, I'm going to make a funny absolutely. line about OJ, and you're going to think about it and go, oh, shit, OJ went from this to this. And then, okay, I get where he's, you know, you're, you're going to have to do the work. And I mean, some of it is also, Jay is at that point where he's, you know, he's, he's kind of telling everybody, like, especially young black people, like, yo, the streets are dead. Like, right. like whatever was the streets and because the streets ain't really, you know, they ain't changed that much since like 2005. The topic really, you know, ever since rap has been around, like right. once a guy like that, the topic hasn't changed, you know, What's going on hasn't changed. I think the most extreme thing now is like people are, you know, they're calling out their dead ops now. And they always did that, but now they're saying their names in songs. Like right, people right, right. rappers have nothing to do with it and they saying, so that's kind of crazy. But outside of that, the topic hasn't changed. You know, I think all has changed for real right. is like, yeah, the rappers are getting money, but the actual dudes in the streets, they not making money how 
you know, the dudes in the 90s were. The dudes in the 90s, the crack epidemic, they were banking up. Now, right. you know, the hustlers, they get their money, but it's not that same feel. And I think a lot of Jay now is like, hey, you know, like that street money is cool, but you got to really know what to do with it because the game is a lot bigger than the streets. But, you know, kind of coming back to, you know, what I was talking about a little bit ago. And, and he says it, right? he says like, you know, the listen to the Wu-Tang and they said, you know, your family begets my family begets, you know, and yeah, all in the, so it was, he's really is thinking about generational wealth and economic, uh, economic upliftment and building. I mean, he, and it's funny, he's sort of there because um, one thing I always talk about uh, him being sort of in the rap game as long as he has, you know, it, since 96. So, you know, in a couple years, it's 30 years. At this point, rap music is really only, you know, it's getting close to 50 years old now. And so he's been in the forefront of it for a, a long time now. And he's seeing it in kind of its generational wealth stage where it's like, you know, when, when the rappers first get, get in the game, they don't have much leverage. You know, it's what's well, rap. You know, we're not gonna we're not gonna let you do this. We're not gonna let you do that. It's kind of how you said with uh, labels interfering with everything. Right, right. But now, you know, fifty years into the game, they know they can sell it. They know who to sell it to, where to get it to, where to do that. So you, know, you have this leverage that wasn't always there. Yep. And you know, shout out to No ID. The brilliant thing about this album is there's no bangers. There's no, um, you know. I think, the, no, like, I think there's, the closest there's no do it again on this album. You know what I mean? Uh, this is all mid-tempo, right. mid-tempo, sample-based, knocking. Uh, and part of the mission statement was, because this was heavy, like, 2017, Trap was still the big sound, right? I mean, Trap still kind of is. <laughs> yeah. But the, the 808s were sizzling and everybody, the flows were very different and honestly, very 3-6 Mafia based. Absolutely. The flows were very post-Juicy J. I think um, uh, 2 Chains has a song, I Want My Trap Back. And, you know, he said in there, this flow come from Drizzy, he got it from Migos, they got it from 3-6. Yeah. And people forget, like, Project Pat is, like, he is one of the biggest influences in rap ever. Like, he does oh, yeah. not get, you know, a ton of credit, but Project Pat really, like, paved the way for, like, a lot of today. He felt he feels like a walking ad lib. It's just sharp stuff jamming in all different angles of yeah. his verses. Yeah, his voice going nuts. Beautiful. It's, it's a beautiful Absolutely. thing. And it's, I mean, it's so entertaining. Like, it's just all of it, you know, it's just that feel. And no one's, like, they they recreated the flow a little bit. But a lot of people haven't recreated that feel of 3-6 Mafia. It's, it's hard to kind of no. get that. They were trailblazers. And, and but, but Jay knew, he's like, I don't come from that. I'm not going to do that. So what do I want to do? I want to do the Rolls Royce version of the soulful rest. Yeah. I don't want to just do because Griselda was around in 2017 making noise, right? Like 
that was the underground was surging with you know august fanon like these kind of producers uh who were doing beautifully rich soulful beats he was like i'm gonna do the rolls royce version of it. yeah and i mean those other soul beats they're they're kind of i won't say it, they're just not as new the the feel isn't as new like it, it it is a it's a lane in rap you know that sort of you know soul beat and it's it's you know for the hustler talk it, it's sort of a lane that you know jay was a part of that you know and it's very new york based and you know that feel like and you can all you know you can see them like when, when they're rapping you can almost see their hands move you know just through hearing it and like you yeah. said with jay it was it was a different type of soul um and you know some of it is the experimentalness of it like the 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 offness of it like uh you know it's very jazzy almost it's like if you make if you took those beats and kind of made them jazzier and right. i think that's what gives it that rolls royce feel that like uh you know that, that classiness i guess yeah no it, it's he, he checks in, like, when No ID checks into this album, he checks in, like, uh, like um, you know, 87 Kareem Abdul-Jabbar last <laughs> finals MVP run. Like, he checks in with that, like, goggles on, ready to go, you know, not going to lose situation because he's he's really about it, and he knows this is his chance, right? Everybody knows Kanye came from him. Everybody knows these like the legend, and he's like, "Here's here it is in action." Yeah, you know. So this is what this is what created a lot of this sound that you have now. You know, this is this is it at its current, but still letting you know, like this is the base of it. Like you know, this is right. where it really comes from. Yeah, no, caught in their eyes is a, an amazing beat. Chops the samples. The drums are great works incredibly well with reggae-based melody. Yeah. Uh, this album makes me want a, a full no-ID Pusher T thing. You think Push could do it? I, I think it would be great, especially with these kind of... Because the topic is all our question. The topic is the topic. Can you do, like, can you do 10 songs of Coke bars with no-ID? <laughs> yeah, yeah i mean to me like so the the advantages with these like with the no id can do so many different tones of it yeah. right so he can keep it fresh um and i mean he's like i think of Pusha T not as someone who can't who like only does this thing uh, no push T can rap he's like a great crime writer yeah right they're like yeah, that Westlake's written 162 books. They're all crime books, but they're all, you know, amazing. He's Westlake. So that's kind of Pusha T. Pusha T is a brilliant crime writer. And I feel like no ID would know how to give him subtle different yeah. beats to poke at him and make him do different stuff. And Push has shown he likes doing it. Yeah. He did a song with Future. He did, he's done weird stuff before. I think he'd do great with it. You know what? I would want to see Freddie Gibbs 
I think it would really like. Oh, that's such a good call. Yeah, I would love to see Freddie Gibbs do something like this. I think it would be something super fresh for him. Like Gibbs has his sound. You know what it's going to sound like? I think, think that would be one where it would really kind of like expand uh, what he can do and like really, you know, show off how good of a rapper he is. Because the thing about Gibbs is that his his flow is like a race car. It is like a high-end race car that can easily do 250 without worrying about it. Uh, but it runs smoothly at any speed. Mm-hmm. So you could give him any tempo you wanted and he could kill it, right? He Absolutely. did the trap album, Freddie, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, his capabilities are all over the map. I, I, I to be nominated for a Grammy too. Like that's, you know, that's, no one could have told me that. If someone had told me that three, four years ago, I wouldn't have believed you. Yeah. I mean, for him to have, to have like done times where he's released, there's been times where he's, he released that Freddie Trap project and then he released the album with uh, Currency and I think it was Alchemist who produced it. Yeah. And like in the same year, it was just like, hey, here's Pop Gibbs and Underground Gibbs. Hey, yeah. I do whatever yeah. I want. Range. Yeah. So I think you're right. That's That'd be a great pick. He would knock that out of the park. The, what else was like? The, oh, 444, the actual song is brutally uncomfortable it is so real yeah i wasn't prepared for it because a lot of the narrative in my head about this album is this is the album where jay-z becomes a corporation and he starts rapping corporate bars about like deals at title shit yeah and it's kind of weird it's kind of weird to be like oh you know like this guy is like a walking corporation rapping at me now but 444 is human as fuck. It is really good. For him to, like, like I said, he really, like, he really got in there. And there were times in this album where he was just like, yeah. You know, <laughs> like, I mean, he told you about his family in this one. He, you know, right. uh, I mean, he, he, you know, he talked about the thing with uh, stabbing on the stomach. Which oh, is, man. You know, I mean, yeah. The fact that he's still haunted by it and that he's still like, I can't hold some records. Like, that's that's really, that's it's a good thing. It's a good thing to show people, right? Um, and you know, there was a, there was a thing Charlemagne said when, uh, remember the footage came out of Nipsey Hussle getting shot? And, you know, he said, when I watched the footage and I saw the guy, like, kicking Nipsey after he shot him, I felt so bad for the shooter. Because that guy's in such a terrible time in his life. Yeah. Um, there's no going back from where he is. And, yeah, and so the, I, I thought that was a really interesting and good point that, like, you know, there's stuff. And when Jay talks about it, it's good because he's he's able to say these things don't wear off. You carry the shit with you everywhere you go, uh, and yeah, it's that's a weight. So man, there's so much crazy stuff. Yeah, legacy beat showcasing Donnie Hathaway. Yeah, incredible song. Uh, 
I think Marcy Me is probably one of my favorites. Marcy Me, I had forgotten about Marcy Me, and the note that I put on that was the back half of this album, Marcy Me, as an example, is much more conventional ho flow. Yeah, that's definitely one where you know it was just you know all you know it, it very on beat, but then even when you listen to it, it's so like it's so J, and you know it's so you know double triple entendre is you know it keeps you in there the whole time and some of these beats it feels like the beats touch him in a mm-hmm. way that spark that um and like bomb is an example right of like he like goes in there's like all right fuck all this fuck, yo, fuck sean carter we talk oh, about him. and yeah right there and i mean he's done that before and anytime he does that you know it's, it's very real like it's like right. You know, you know, Hove was in the church, you know, or, or no, I'm sorry, Sean was, you know, Sean was in the church, Hove was in the streets. And it's, you know, and once again, it's still kind of that, like, you yeah. know, that, that sort of separation, like, you know, no matter what, it's still always kind of there in the background. Yeah. Jay has that monster in him somewhere, you know, yeah. the, those old instincts. And it's why he loves Carlito's way so much. Right. Um, yeah. The, trying to become something new as badly as you can. Um, and the last point I would have on this is that I think Smile is one of the best Jay-Z songs ever. Yeah. Let's do it all the time. Yeah. Uh, the warmth of the sample fits Jay's emotional landscape so well. Uh, think of how different his voice is on that song from the first song, which yeah. is just it's like track three it's like you know it's that's not an accident he was he was trying to spread himself in different directions really give you that emotional range of you know i mean that's why i said that's why i really enjoyed this album like you know it 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 showed a lot of the emotional range of somebody who's been in the game for you know so long and at this point he could he could have not given you that, you know, he could have just gave you a rap album and right. we still, you know, he knows we would have ate it up, you know, it's still Jay-Z, but at the same time, you know, he had taken time off and really, you know, a lot of things had gone on in his life and he, you know, he gave that to us and it was, you know, it's good to always sort of, it's good to hear a rapper like kind of tell you their life sometimes because, you know, at the end of the day, that's always, gonna, that's going to be what sounds the realest. Yep. No, and he's always been a lead by example type leader, right? Like uh, me and me and uh, Katie, you talk about this. There's a quote. I think it was from Magic Johnson, but there's like three ways to lead a team. You're either like an asshole, Larry Bird, Kobe. You're or you're like the communicator, like Magic, right? Everybody loves you. Or you are lead by example, Tim Duncan, you know? And I think he's always been more in the Tim Duncan lane for how he wants to do this, right? Yeah. I'm going to look cool, and then you're going to want to look cool like me. That's it. Absolutely. That's why we're not wearing throwback jerseys anymore, you know? He changed it every time. Right. So uh, it's interesting, the late registration is that it, I was, I mean, it's a fun album. 
this is the most fun Kanye album. Uh, absolutely. If you're riding through a fun place with fun people and the weather is nice. This album. <laughs> play one Kanye West album. This is it. Absolutely. You know, he broke up with Amber Rose. He did the award show with Taylor Swift thing. You know, the dark, beautiful twist of fans. It's, it's an amazing piece of work. Incredible. But this one is is like very, very fun. I think that's a great word to describe it. You know, you you, you feel the, the joy in this one. Like this was, you know, after he had had his success and now it's like, boom, you know, I told y'all. And you can kind of feel that in this album. Yeah, I mean, the great run on this album, when we talk about great runs, to me... Is that a run? There are so many hits on this one. It starts on track two, Heard Him Say. Heard Him Say. Goes straight through Roses, track nine. Yeah, straight hits. Like, I kind of, when I was listening to it, I, I was like, yeah, I forgot. This, this had, like, hit after hit after hit. Like, straight crazy. Crazy, yeah, so... Heard him say, touch the sky, gold digger, um, drive slow, my way home, crack music, roses. Woo! Yeah, I mean, those first four. Well, he has five radio singles on this album? Yeah, I mean, it's... And and a bunch of them would have been singles if he needed yeah. more. Right? Like, my way home could have been a single. Easy. Absolutely. Um, you know, he just didn't need more. You know, he's diamonds from Sierra Leone. He, I mean, you're good. He's got I mean, that. That's a radio single there. Yep. Yep. No, he's got it. He's got it all figured out. And uh, I love the one with him in common. Uh, yeah. I, I love that song. My way home. Yeah. Uh, which one is that? Uh, My way home. Yeah. No, that's is that the one? Not uh, common. Um, the one with him and Cameron. Cameron gone. Yes, I love yes. gone. Yes, no, it's uh, that's yeah, songs like Gone make me think how grateful I am that Kanye brought sample based production back to the yeah. forefront. Uh, it was it was definitely the last verses is elite. Uh, elite. That's one of Kanye's best verses, like yeah. ever. Yeah, it's it's the and by the the on uh, on late which is a great song. It's, it's That's probably great, my favorite one on the album. It's a great cool down song. It's just like, yeah. kind of brings the tempo down, but keeps the energy. Uh, when he says like old people peeing, it depends. Yeah. <laughs> that joke on late made me think about the Kanye West gross joke balance. Yeah. This seems like it has just enough. And later right, on, right it went there. too far. Yeah. Uh, he definitely... Absolutely. This is kind of like the start of it where like, okay, you, know? you absolutely, it gets crazy at some point. Because he sneaks him in on this one and he gets away with it and he, start, he keeps going. But like, I think I put in parentheses, Little Wayne influence. I think there's a lot of Little Wayne influence with the gross jokes. Yeah. Kind of be in that lane. Uh, it was, I think it's, it inhibited. I mean, this, is de- this is definitely around like, you know, when Wayne is really because uh Wayne in this time frame, you know, yep. was probably 
you know, one of the hottest rappers ever. There's there's right. not been anybody with as much like fandom as he had in about like what like 05 to 2010 or so. Right. And so absolutely, I think I can, you know, I feel that where it's kind of like, you know, that's the major. I mean, I think even at, you know, I think this is kind of when that like Jay and Wayne conversation starts happening. And so definitely you kind of get that sort of like that little bit of, you know, wheezy in there. Yep. No, it's, um, by the way, if Kanye West were to come on State of the Game, the topic would have to be Gil Scott Heron. Yeah. My Way Home is is a great song. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has consistently given Gil's music a platform over the years. Uh, I'm a big fan of that too. Uh, you know, we talk about rap sort of, you know, I said it, you know, it's only about 50 years old, but that's just sort of it having a name. And right. Gil Scott Heron is definitely kind of one of those artists that like, he's kind of a rapper before rap is a thing. I think him and like James Brown is kind of one I always say, like James Brown definitely was more like, if, if he came out now, we call James Brown a rapper. But right, yeah, right. yeah, that's fair. <laughs> um, yeah, Gil, Gil absolutely. Uh, you know, and, and you hear that a lot in Kanye's music, sort of that kind of tribalness, and yeah, uh, I think he gets a lot of that from him. Yeah, no, it, it's. I mean, and, and the he loves the intellectuality of, of, of what Gil's able to do, and mm-hmm. the emotion he's able to put into it, uh, and and I. And you remember, I think the last song on Dark Twisted Fantasy is a Gil Scott Heron piece. Uh, who will survive in America? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's been consistent. He's always been down for Gil Scott Heron the same way he has for Nina Simone, really. Yeah. Uh, those are kind of people that he feels connected to. Uh, it's it's interesting. So, and as someone who, um, Gil Scott Heron is like in my top three albums of all time. Uh, so, I'm always always into it. Uh, when I, when I talked about that like super shuffle that I have, Gil Scott Heron is one that like pops up a ton. I think it's him and. I get a lot of Billy Holiday in my shuffle. Like yep. at some point, you know, as I like, because I haven't been making music that long actually. Uh, like when you talk about something random, I've been rapping for like six months before that. Like, and yep. had made no rap before. I'd help with like a project, and you know, my boy was like, "Hey, you, know, you should go rap," and I was like, "All right, bet." And like in that, I was like, "All right, well, let me go listen to a lot of old stuff," and I think you know he was one that like every time he would come up, I'd have to like, that, I, you know, wouldn't skip it and really listen to that. And like, you know, yeah. I mean, for like those topics at that time were, you know, unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, Gil Scott Heron pieces of a man. My third favorite album of all time. Second is Al Green's. I'm still in love with you. First, just as I am, uh, Bill Withers. So Okay. Oh, it's hard for me to rank albums. I, I don't know. I, I'd have a lot. Like uh, today, I was listening to, uh, I think it's um, 
what's the name of it? It is Make Your Way for Dion Warwick. Right. And I was listening to that earlier today. And, you know, I'd never, you know, I think I'd listened to it once before and I, I was just feeling it. I just, just went through the whole thing. It was like, this has Dion Warwick's hits. amazing. Dion Warwick's amazing. Uh, I, I'm with you on that. It's no, it, and I think for me, it's not even a best list. It's just like yeah, those are your top that like have entrenched themselves in big pockets of my life. Absolutely. And I come back to them like wise uncles or something. <laughs> well, definitely with your Scott Heron there. He'll, he'll you're gonna learn a lesson every time. 100%. Uh, so the, the other thing I have to say, drive slow. Old Kanye people love Drive Slow. Drive Slow is a great song. He would never do something like this now. I no, love no. I love Paul Wall on this. I kind of want a GLC Paul Wall and Kanye album to have happened in 05. That would have been good. GLC, Kanye gave a lot of love to GLC. GLC's underrated. Yeah. underrated. GLC had a killer mixtape run back in the day where he was just dropping fire. Uh, I, I would, I have definitely emailed him for an interview and not got anything back, but I would, I would talk to him in a second. The, the other thing that was interesting is because I, I'm really not a consequence guy. Yeah. You know, but you got a fire consequence verse in this one. He did, but I was, and I was thinking about the difference between Kanye and consequence I said, Kanye's a great rapper because whether he writes it or not, his emphasis is always moving and shifting. Mm-hmm. Consequence could write and perform something and then hand it to Kanye and Ye would just sound better. Yeah. Absolutely. I think, um, what, Romfest is another one. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in a lot of the background of early Kanye. I mean, we, I mean, we know who Kanye is. Like, you know, he's always kind of had somebody there. Like, I mean, he still does. You know, you see, um, I think uh, on Life of Pablo, one of those songs was like a Chan song that he sent to Kanye and then Kanye took it and made it his own thing. So, I mean, that we know that's just who he is. Uh, so, you know, it's nothing like, it's nothing to, to knock him for. No, no, it's just... It's one of the things that pops about Kanye is that like he's a performer, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the wrinkle in the Rhyme Fest thing. I've seen Rhyme Fest live. Uh, he's an incredible live performer, but none of his albums carry that same energy. None no. of them. Uh, and Kanye is able to harness every inch of the space. Uh, and, and he always is. So it's it's interesting. In my opinion, the best feature on this album is Nas on We Major. That's, I mean, that's definitely, uh, it, it's, it's hard to argue. It was a lot of features on this, for real. A lot of features. Um, and, and it's long. It's a, it's a, yeah. not a short album. So he was, he was doing it. And, I couldn't remember. I was trying to remember this earlier. Was that like, was that Nas, uh, was that featured during the Nas and Jay-Z beef? Was that still a thing at the time? I don't, I think they had buried that and done like, uh, cause when did Black Republican come out? 
Remember Black Republicans? I don't remember that. Oh, that was on um that was on uh Hip Hop is Dead. Okay. Which is 06. Okay, so that's that, yeah, that's about the same time. Yeah. So this is around that. I think they had buried it a little bit, but Okay. Yeah. There was still but, like there was still that but like, the um that, that Nas feature kind of I mean that whole song we major. Ooh. You know, you almost thought the album was going to end there. Right, right, right. It was kind of a weird place to put it, but it, you know, it felt like a nice little kind of break in uh in in what was going on. And you know, it was one of those times where he got to like at the end there, he just shows the musicality of who he is and just lets the music play. Like that felt real good. It's my favorite. My favorite thing about Nas's writing is moments like we major where he's steps into the song and goes, I'm debating what the song should be. <laughs> I don't even know what to talk about. You want to go this direction? You want to go this direction? And I'm like, this is this incredible magic trick that you have. Yeah. That you're able to break the fourth wall and I make think. it part of the... It's... Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, <laughs> talk to the audience. It was great. And it's... Yeah, that's my favorite. The other note, Brandy is a damn professional. Mm-hmm. Never fails a feature, uh, gets it done. That that might be the weakest song on the album, and it's still great. It's yeah, still I great. think I agree with you there. The other the other note, this is a funny one. To be honest, the friendship between the game and Kanye doesn't seem like a good one. Which one is uh which one is that? Crack music. It, I, I never understood why why the game was on that uh he was just on that hook for no reason but they were during this time frame like kanye was on the games albums the game was on kanye's album they were like friends and that's it always feels like the game is the friend that your that your girl tells you just not to go out uh, absolutely the, he, that she's like you remember last time it's terrible it never goes well he's a bad influence on you and kanye's like you don't know the real jason you know um i don't know that's it seems like what's going on there but that's just the vibe they have on crack music is like get kick these guys out of the bar get them home <laughs> hey, and that music or that song is so like it's just so you know I think that's that's that one like where uh yeah spaceships on the album before yeah yeah, yeah. college dropout yeah and it had that that sort of same anger like you know hey just because I'm having all this fun here don't remember you know don't forget like this is where it comes from yep yep I'm dangerous don't don't forget it um, and there's there's too many skits on here uh, broke far broke. They're short, but I could do two less of them. I, just <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Knock two out, and, and I would love that. Um, you made your point. We get it. It's it's weird that this keeps coming back. Yes, um, I mean, that's just like that. Uh, you know, the college uh, theme that he kept around the time. Like, you know, you kind of get to college now. You have to be part of some some fraternity and all that. Like, I don't know. I think, you know, remember he was still angry at, at college at this point. Like, you know, hey, they said I was going to fail. Look at me now. Yeah, I mean, think about 
Cedric the Entertainer on Threat, right? Like on the Blackout, right? Yeah. I love that he's on that. I think it's great. I didn't. I wouldn't want four, four more of no. Cedric. <laughs> right? so I got the one. He nailed it. Cool. You know, we're cool. Two, uh, two. That's cool. Two, two. But yeah, it's so. The other question. This is interesting. Hey, mama. Mm-hmm. Is this is that the most fun rap song about mothers? Oh, uh, I think almost has to be. I can't. I can't think because all the other ones are very like, you know, heavy and emotional. Um, Somber and painful emotional. and like yeah. really intense. Yeah. And this one was just like, I love my mom. <laughs> this is one of the few that's just like, I love my mom. I'm gonna make a vote for my least favorite song about dedication to mom. And that's probably a mean thing to do, but <laughs> um, my least favorite is from Shaq Fu to Return. It's it's my dear. Shaq made Shaq made a song about his mother. Oh, and it's like the whole concept of the song is that like I I want to marry somebody like my mom. Like that's, uh, that's weird. Well, <laughs> I never. I'm not gonna lie to you. I never listened to a Shaq album. Never never took the time out. Is it and worth I, it? And I'm not here to sell you on. <laughs> <laughs> You you'd be better served listening to a Dame Lillard album, but you know. Yeah, I heard a little bit of Dame before. I heard a song or two. He's good. Victor um, Depot's a, a great singer. Hundred <laughs> percent. But it's uh, you know, yeah, yeah. Depot has the pipes. The I, yeah the the yeah most mama songs are are really weird and you know Heavy. unfortunate. You know, in in that yeah. sense. Uh, but what was I? Yeah, no, but there's the other thing would made me think of was listen to this the hooks. Mm-hmm. The hooks are so interesting. Uh, and, and when Kanye becomes Kanye, he doesn't need to do the hook anymore. Think, so think about the hook and bridge on celebration. Yeah. You know, there's just so much going on there. I feel like after this, he pulls people in and like Kid Cudi's doing the hook or, you know, Rihanna's doing yeah. the hook. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I feel you. We're like, so I was like, man, are these like Kanye song hooks on Kanye? And then I was like, no, nah, that's probably 808s and heartbreaks, right? I mean, yeah. That's probably, that's probably the only other one where he like was heavy. And you know, it's funny, uh, you know, you talked about all the features. This was kind of that first one where you, cause I think that's one of the um, underrated aspects of Kanye is there are always a lot of artists on his album. Like right. I think all of the lights alone had like 15 people on it. 100%, yeah, it took a village, right. Yeah. To make it. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, super, you know, it's an incredible thing. You don't really have a lot of artists that do stuff like that. So I feel you on the hooks. I'd never really thought about that, but yeah, what he kind of gets past this and it's sort of other artists. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh he's still doing the bulk of the work on this. By the time he gets to my dark twisted fantasy or whatever, 
people in my office would come up to me and be like, is, is Kanye the best rapper alive? I'm like, no, he's like Dr. Dre. He puts everybody in a room. He makes an event. And one of the best producers event. alive. It's a great event. Yeah. He's one of the best producers ever, but he's not, he's not a rapper, rapper. No, no, no. You could have made the case in during late registration time that he that he was still in that on moment. that kind of path. Yep. But no, I I mean like he's one of the you know he's one of he, he's good for rap because he sort of transcends rap. You know, it's not just you know just bars bars bars. Right. You know, it's it's you know a, a music a, a production like, and so it it, it um. It's good because it kind of, you know, it kind of keeps the art pure. As crazy as that dude is, like, for all the stuff he does, you know, when you talk about, you know, rap music and art, he's one of the people that, you know, you're always going to put at the forefront. Always, yeah. Yeah, no, and it's, he was, he was sampling weird stuff and it really helped expand and give people permission to, kind of dig in different crates, you know? Um, yeah. The King Crimson sample and stuff, and just like, yeah, it, it this is a fun album, mm. and it's still smart. It just sneaks in the smart stuff or the weird stuff and it, doesn't it, go over the head with it. It's, it's weird to talk about Kanye. I actually... I lucky I have a Kanye this song out there on SoundCloud. It's not nice. <laughs> it's not the heaviest thing, but um, you know, it's just like uh like you said, you hear you hear these things and you kind of hear like, you know, this is still in these first sort of two, you still had Kanye as sort of like the black revolutionary, you know. Yes. You still hear a lot of that Gil Scott Heron. Right. And you kind of get to the next one. And, you know, you hear kind of the fame and the money sort of starting to affect them. And then you sort of get to the mental breakdown of, you know, my beautiful, or I'm sorry, 808s and heartbreak. And so, like, you know, it, it, it's weird talking about Kanye because you understand why he's at where he's at. You know, we've seen it live. But at the same time, you know, you kind of miss that that Black revolutionary. And you still hear hints of it. Um but it's just kind of in a different place now. You know, it's hard to really accept it for what it is, you know, because it's like, dude, you Kanye, like, you you know, you, you know, it's all this drama around you. It's so much drama and this, this and that, that it's hard to accept you as a revolutionary. So this is a great Kanye question. This is like almost the Kanye question is what was your Kanye disconnection point, right? Now, this doesn't mean you don't ever listen to him anymore. You know as well as I do, when you, you have friends, so, sometimes they do dumb shit. And if they do wild dumb shit, but sometimes you basically say, all right, you're now on the associate level. Yeah. You've been downgraded. You're no longer inner circle. You are associate level now. Uh, and I don't think we'll ever really get back to where we were. Um, and I know exactly what that song was for me, for Kanye. Uh, but I, I didn't know if you had a specific point where it became kind of too much. 
you know what? Uh, the whole Yeezus album. Ooh, the whole, yeah. I'm one of those people. I was like, ah, uh, yeah, I feel you. I feel the the point, the emphasis. Right. Um, you know, but and and it 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 was sort of like the that was when he hit first. You know, like Kanye's always been egotistical. That's that's one of his talking points. His entire hundred percent. Yep. But Yeezus was one that, like, you really felt it. You know, you really felt like, ah, man, this dude is so into himself. And, like, you know, he thinks he's the greatest thing to ever touch the earth. And, yeah, you have Kanye quotes on there that, you know, I think it, it, it becomes to that point to where you question, does he believe this or is it about the attention that it gets? And when you get there, it's kind of hard to deal with somebody like that. It is. It is hard. It's, hard. it's almost like having a friend that lies all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and and you're, you're trying to deal with it. You're trying to be like, all right, man, well, like, I don't know if that's real or not, but I hope, I hope you're okay. Yeah, I feel you. Uh, for me, it was specifically track seven of Yeezus. <laughs> Blood on the Leaves. Yeah. And I remember listening to it and saying, no, you know Nina, and she doesn't deserve this. She doesn't deserve to serve this point. Yeah. Right? That song meant a lot. You know what that song meant. I know what that song I meant. Turned it into something that... And you turned it into like a, you know, women trying to trick men into child support song. Yeah. You know, and and that was when I was like, no, no, like I, you know, yeah. That you, was look at him now, and now he has a song that one on Yay about his daughter. You know, it, it, you know, it's all growth or whatever. And you know, Yeezus Kanye was like, was you know, some of his craziest. You know, you can, oh yeah, because he he had just had a kid, and we were expecting like a, you know, a thoughtful I'm a father now album. No. And it was just gross, weird sex stuff, the dungeons of his mind. Uh, but it's, really... some people love it. Some people love that album. Uh, I know people who love that album. It's experimental. That's cool. For me, as an old soul head, like someone who knows exactly Nina's voice when it starts, I can't, I, I can't handle Blood on the Leaves. And I think a lot of it is like, uh, when Kanye came into rap, he was one of the faces of kind of the, you know, the resurgence of soul in rap. Um, and there's this part of you that like kind of watches him and, you know, take this and, you know, how you feel, but watch, watches him sort of like lose that soul. Like, oh yep. man, you know, damn. You know, and, and a lot of it is about him being in Hollywood and becoming so Hollywood, and then he becomes a Kardashian. You know, it's like, how much soul can you have after, you know, becoming a Kardashian? You know, <laughs> like, and and even the the church thing that he got into, you know, right. you know very, uh, I won't say forced, but it was just weird, you know. Right. Great music, but it was still kind of weird. I don't want to be clear, there's no cancel culture element of this, right? This isn't a situation. I still listen to him when he drops. Oh, yeah. Right? He like, still makes great music. Oh, yeah. I mean, what was the 
the one that was that was good that had the part friends no friends in LA. Oh, uh, no more parties in LA. Yeah. Yeah, big fan of that one. Yeah, I mean that that album is in Life of Pablo. Life of Pablo is yeah, a good yeah. album. I you know Actually, I like Yay too. Yeah. It Jesus is it's King, not, I could have done without. <laughs> I mean I'm not gonna lie to you, the whole okay. kind of church resurgence that he did. It kind of felt like it was part of a political campaign. Like he was like, "Yay, 2020." He was like, right. "Look, I'm in a Jesus now." You know, kind of. So I, I don't know. Yeah, it was a way to ground and get the likability back, and, and yeah. be like, "Yeah, uh, that—that's what it seems like from the outside." Who knows how he is? But I still listen to. I still root for him to, yeah. to provide good, the music that makes him happy. That is good, but there is a distance, right? There is a distance between him and me that'll never come back. And it's yeah. because of Blood on the Leaf. Um, Almost, some of it is because of his distance between like himself and reality sometimes it right. feels like. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, so that's as issue, but something random is great. I was, I was really excited about it. Uh, been listening to it all week. And it's, it's interesting because like you said, I mean, like, you know, I, I didn't even pick up rapping on like for a long time. I was just kind of putting this together. Something random doesn't really delineate between like, all right, now this is the verse in a bar and out, you know, yeah. now we're bringing the hook. We're bringing somebody else in for the hook. Like it is, it's a cohesive unit, right? The melody is there all the way through, um, Everything is kinetic energy. It's realized, mm -hmm. right? Uh, there's nothing left on the table, uh, and that's fabulous. It was just, it was really it was refreshing to be like, oh, this is easy to listen to, and there's real concepts here. Uh, yeah, sanctified, clearly, kind of inspired from this era. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it's. Does that make sense as a description of just like the, the kind of oneness of the songs? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was. And I kind of, I kind of make songs like that. Like, I'll, I'll probably be making like two or three at a time, and I'll build one, try to, you know, build the second, and they sort of kind of like I like that word you use, kinetic. They sort of like kind of, you know, roll into each other, and um, you know, that definitely is kind of the feel of that, uh, and also sort of it was. Like for me, it, it felt like a, a long time coming. Because like I said, before this, like I was just a bartender, you know, just working at bars. And um, sort of, I, I kind of got into music, like in, in high school, you know, I did a little choir, you know, was in some plays, theater, you know, so I'd done performance art uh, and I left it alone for a while. And it kind of felt good to kind of come back and you know, tapping the music again and be like, all right, this is cool, it's cool. And then, you know, once I started rapping, I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah. this is cool, huh? Like, that's awesome. No, it's, it's, it's good. And I think when we talk about, like, when they talk about ambiance, like, this album has a lot of ambiance. What they're talking about is like unrealized space, you know, yeah. it's like a smoky element to the unrealized space. But, and a lot of people are chasing that of like, you know, because there's a, a mysterious element to it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and 
while your music is like, no, it's here. Boom. It's in the foreground. We're, we're having a party. Um, yeah. And that's great. And, and it, we, we need to maintain that because we don't, everything can't just be this genre, right? Everything, there have to be other fuck kinds of movies besides dramas. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't take myself, you know, that seriously. Like, and I think that's kind of what allows me to make some of the music that I make. Um, and it, it, you know, lets me kind of experiment how I want to and, and kind of, you know, keep a range. And like, I, you know, I've since then, because, you know, that was 2018, right. I made like, some house music, like, you know, this, this, and that. And like you said, you know, being, you know, being here, a lot of music, I don't know what it is right now. I think it's just because music is so accessible to everybody and everybody can try to mimic their favorite artist um it, it kind of has kind of gotten a little stale and you know i don't really try to like i have a lot of influences and i know influences always come out in music right. that you make, but i never really try to like be anybody and i think that's kind of like what's helped me a lot into you know making what i make yeah, no, that's that's huge. It's a huge asset. It was the the new song that I saw a clip from was the "Tonight Is for Healing." Yeah, yeah, uh, reunite. That was a that's a so that whole project is um this DJ. We actually went to middle school together, and uh, he was in Chicago, mm-hmm. and I just hit him up. I saw him making beats. I was like, oh, throw me a beat or two, and he actually threw he threw me a couple for um a song I have coming up. Um, or I'm sorry, a project that I have coming up. And then he was like, hey, I want you to get on this house joint. And, you know, the whole project is sort of kind of this sort of futuristic, like techno R&B. And I got the last one on there. And it was just me like, you know, it was me like kind of expressing like girl problems. Like, hey, look, you know, we know why I called you over. Like, you know, tonight is about healing. I understand you mad at me. Like, <laughs> so, you know. Um, but that like I love doing stuff like that because it really lets me have fun. And um, you know, I think I think like you said, with a lot of the drama that music has right now, a lot of the like I'm, I'm killing everybody, I'm shooting everybody, you know, we we selling, you know, there is that aspect of like, I mean, Megan Megan the Stallion has it a little bit, uh, but as far as like men making music. You know, it's where's Uncle Luke at? Like, that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) One of the challenges I think that that happens is you you cross full into funny, right? And you're doing like Das Racist stuff. Yeah. You're in that lane. That's your lane now. Yeah, you never get out of it. Right. Or you're like dead serious, Boldy James, like, you know, street rap. And you're you're having this the new song is a great example of like you're having fun but that's real shit yeah you know, yeah it's not you know so that's really cool and a lot of the songs carry that they're speaking to you about real shit but it's not like you know take notes this is this is going to change your shit you're like this is you know yeah it's, it's a lot of a lot of it um 
is, you know, just about me, like where I was at in life at the time, I was feeling like, you know, I think, I think uh, at the time I had just come back from New Orleans and, you know, I, I, you know, I don't graduate college. I'm just bartending and, you know, I'm feeling sort of lost and, and uh, you know, it, it was just like, you know, all right, this is how I feel right now about, you know, everywhere I'm at in life, you know, how I felt like the last few years and, you know, just to be able to kind of, kind of put that in a way to where it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm not giving up because this is how I feel or, you know, I'm not, you know, downtrodden, but it is just where I'm at, you know. And so just to be able to kind of put that out there and be like, you know, hey, you might be in the same, you know, somebody else might hear it and be like, I've been there before, you know, and to not make it so, you know, oh, this is the end of the world or, you know, oh, you know, I, like you said, to, to sort of keep a lightness about, you know, some of these topics I talk about. Totally. No, it's, it, and I'm excited. So do you have a new album or project coming soon? What is the... Yeah, um, so during the pandemic, I got uh, furloughed from my job. And so this, this, this album actually is a little... It's a little more intense. So I get furloughed and I was just, I think for the longest time as I'm, you know, in between projects, I'm having this difficulty of making music because uh, I'm working at a country club and sort of it's hard to, matter of fact, I'm managing a country club. So like, it's not even that, like I, I'm the one having to maintain everybody like right, everybody right. stay in order. And I'm young and I, I hate it is I never wanted to, I always said, like, I never want to work an office job, da, 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 da. And this is about the closest I got. Like, I had a work computer and everything. Yeah, like, yeah. Sucked. And it was hard to sort of really tap into, you know, Black Lamore. You know, I felt like I kept getting in the booth and I was still kind of, you know, Sean at work sometimes. Right, right. And so I think a couple of those songs I got sort of, probably at the end of 2019, like two of them for this next one. Then I get furloughed and I do not go back to work. I went just straight, you know, I really pushed the limits of it. I actually just started working again, you know, a couple weeks ago and, and really pushed the limits of, all right, how long can I go without, what do I not need? And uh, let me really tap into being an artist because I'm not gonna have this opportunity, you know, to just, you know, if, if, if this is where I'm going to do it, if this is the window, this is it. Right. And, um, it, it, the topics here are sort of, uh, different. There's this one. I, so I say something random was something that like, it was random. It was, right. you know, I didn't, I didn't know what making a music project really was at that time. Um, when I first started, I really, like I said, I helped with one of my boys projects, but he was halfway through. So, you know, I make something random and that's the first one. You know, it's something random. This one I, I was really excited about because I was like, I really get to sit and think and make something. But at the same time, I was sort of like, I don't know what to make and I don't want to force a topic. Right. And so uh, as I started making this one, there was like one and it's the centerpiece of it. Oh, and that's awesome. I made it. And when I did it, I was like, 
okay, I see what I'm making. Like, it kind of caught me off guard. I like to surprise myself a little bit. And so this next one is is sort of a story that kind of works. Like, I talk about time a lot. Uh, Like on that last one, you know, time, pussy, money came and went. I didn't spend a couple racks on it. Uh, Time is just always a concept that uh, I'm very deep within. And sort of, I always say this next one, you can kind of play forward and backwards. And the story kind of still makes sense. Yeah, no, that's, and that's what they never teach you in writing classes is that you don't even know what you're doing until you're editing. Yeah. Not that like editing is necessary because you need to tighten it up. It's like, no, you might not even know what the shit you did was about. Yeah. Until you're editing and then you're like, oh. Oh, yeah. That happened to me a few times with this where I was listening to it. It was like, oh, is that what I'm talking about? Like, (laughs) Like, oh, man. No man, that's it's so big. You you write it, you gotta read it over, and really be like, oh, that shit was oh, it connects here, and then you know, if you're gonna stay ahead of it, that's what you know, and it kind of speaks in the editing. Yeah, and yeah. this next this this one I um, you know, cause uh, the St. Louis music scene is kind of it's it's a weird one. It's actually a lot of rappers here, a lot of talent but none of the um, sort of national acclaim. Right. And it's a lot of kind of, you know, sort of little clicks and, you know, everybody says, you know, I'm the best rapper. You know, you'll, you'll try to do a feature with this person and they won't have, you know, any credits or anything. And, you know, they'll, they won't, you know, they'll be hesitant to work because they don't know if you're good enough to work with them or this, this, and right. that. And there's this part of me, that was very much just like, all right, like I made my first, you know, track and I really let y'all know, hey, this is the second one. I went just, it's a lot of bars in this, like where I really tapped into like, all right, I got something for you. Like where you hear some of these, uh, I, I'll send you the, the centerpiece for the album. I'm into it. And yeah. you hear some of these and you're like, whoa, like, you know, That's you awesome. can't, where it's undeniable. Like, by the way, Shout out to Marvel Q, who does great work yeah. on something random. Production. Uh, dude, oh. uh, very good artist. Um, that's kind of who I really started working with. And, uh, you know, he, he, he's, he's worked with a bunch of artists in the city, helped a lot of people. Um, uh, you know, shout out to him. That's awesome. No, he was, he was doing his thing. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited to see what, what comes out of it. Because like you said, it's a different space and when you're not doing something that everybody else is doing when you're doing like a totally different thing you kind of you're way more free and way more unique yeah i feel that you know if everyone's like in the battle rap state of mind of like being the top of the mountain and you're over there like it's sexy time you know, like yeah. every, you know there was like oh shit like that's and that's kind of that's definitely like 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 i said i definitely wanted to show off with this next one like hey i got bars but like the whole feel of it isn't like you know it's still kind of me just being like look at what i made like (laughs) yeah no it's uh that's awesome I'm, i'm happy uh for the progression and i'm happy you forced my hand to get into these albums again and really reevaluate <laughs> these these individuals, I mean, it's 
Because there's people online who are like, Lupe's one of the best drafters who ever lived. Oh, and yeah. I've been, like, I've been like, yeah, yeah, you're just like one of the Lupe people who was like, like a Mets fan, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I'm like, whatever. And, but listen to him. I'm like, oh, no, there's an argument here. Like, oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, he press control, I, I like word choice, you know, R for bars. Yeah, I picked him just because I was like, he, when you talk about unique rappers, he is definitely kind of a one of one. And I think sometimes rap needs to kind of appreciate those. Like another weird one is like Ludacris. Ludacris is one of one. Yep. No. Juvenile, it's, it's, one of one. Yep. Juvenile really did change everything in terms of everything he said sounded like the hook. Yeah. Like, I hadn't really heard that before. And it was just beautiful. You and, and he juvenile has some of my favorite opening lines. Because they're all open songs. All like, what? He like I can't remember which song it was, but like he's like, it starts out where he's like tied to a chair. I'm looking at the person who's like tied into the chair. And I'm like, I'm fucking in. I'm already this in. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, but anyway, transitioning into recommendation corner, end of the episode, recommending stuff. Um really interesting thing underground thing that i love that that i wish would happen more i was interviewing a gentleman named big flowers right okay. new york city uh released a great album called big smile uh and he's a frenetic artistic dude he was telling me the story about this album called memories bleed <clears throat> it's by eyes wide shut and pepper adams eyes wide shut is the mc Pepper Adams, the rapper. And he was like, it was so beautiful. I love that album. And I was like, I want to remix it. And I was like, Shud sent me a track. And I was like, no, I want the whole thing. And he said the whole thing. And he remixed the whole album. Uh, and he created an album called Memories Glow. Or Grow, sorry. Uh, so, and they're kind of selling it alongside each other on the band camp. Of like, oh, Memories Bleed. The base, the 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 one with Pepper Adams, and Memories Grow, produced by, uh, by Big Flowers, and Big Flowers kind of stomps into it, kind of like, I don't know, like if, um, if the Cat in the Hat stomped into a perfectly constructed sitcom and just fucked it up. <laughs> He's like, no, what if I spray paint on these walls? What if I change the tempo over here? Oh, whatever. It's awesome. It's it's so cool and the world holds up because these guys are super talented. Um, yeah, so it was just it's a real fun experience and it takes, memories bleed and memories glow. Memories bleed and memories grow. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's G R O. No, there's no W on it. Okay. Uh, but yeah, beautiful stuff. It takes really solid individuals with like healthy egos to do that right yeah. uh to remix your whole album right like it shows yeah, like, right i mean if someone loves your album enough and they're talented dude you only get one shot at this right time is limited as you said uh make it work for you so i i love those those records they're really they're really beautiful underground records so do you have any recommendations people should listen to anything you're into uh no, I was just on. Uh, you know what? Uh, there are two of them. 
there are two of them. Uh, did you you did something with Alex Ludovico, didn't you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I I was on his um his first or his this project he just released three one two. Yep. And he sent me because I was on it. He sent me the deluxe. Oh shit! I interviewed him for that. Oh, it was man. dope. The deluxe was dope. Like you, like oh man, dude went in here. And then there's another one. Yeah. Um, I think this dude is out of uh, South Carolina. His name is That Boy Vic. And I did it. Yeah. Yeah, The Almighty Pen. We talk about the Almighty Pen. The Almighty Pen. Yeah. So yeah, we had an episode that was called the Bullpen, right? And it was basically like when I want to shut my critic brain off and just listen to somebody rap, like those are the people in my bullpen. Yeah. So I, I, pull, I pull them in and I just put it on and I'm just like, oh, this guy loves rapping. And Almighty Vic, the Almighty Pen was there. That was one of those albums discussed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I'm glad I am so yeah. good out there. It's good. I mean, the other one, uh, yeah, so... And oh man, the, the eight Ludovico, he's on King Mighty 2 as well on the posse cut there. He's lighting it up, uh, having a great and he was actually on Roy Wood Jr.'s podcast, Job Fair. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, bartending. Yeah, I actually, oddly enough, I was I just saw him bartending like two weeks ago. I was in Nashville and I pulled up on him like I was like, hey, you know, like <laughs> that's awesome. He's he's Incredible, just a live wire. What was that? Yeah. Say? He, when he comes on the track, he sounds like a, a villain from Justice League animated series. <laughs> I feel it. I feel it. Like, oh, how's the Justice League going to get past Ludovico? Uh, <laughs> I feel that completely. So he's, yeah, he's an incredible talent. The other one is, and uh, Jason Griff shouted this out on Call Out Culture and on uh, the, he was here last week, uh, did punk rock stuff. Ace Cannons. Yeah, oh man. Yeah, I listened to his pro. (laughs) Yeah. I wasn't ready for how good it, I I just keep throwing songs from that, like, play this next. (laughs) Just like, it's really good. The dude is just going in the whole time. It's so cool. It's so composed. Some people step out of nowhere and you're like, that's the coolest motherfucker in the world. Like, <laughs> uh, and I felt like that when I listened to Jadena for the first time. Yeah. I was like, man, this motherfucker's cool. And uh, Cannons has that energy on Sincerely Yours. There's no struggle rap in this. It's just yeah, very like effortless. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So I appreciate you being here. It was awesome. Uh, in the spirit of, I want, I want to end this by saying, the real winner of late registration is Christina Milian. <laughs> There's no, he loved Christina Milian in 05. <laughs> There's a lot of Christina Milian bars in 05. And I wanted to say that um, in 05. Christina Milian in 05. <laughs> in 05, my Christina Milian was still Salma Hayek. Oh god. <laughs> Thank you, Salma Hayek, for all you do. Uh but yeah, that was that was where I was. Peace. <laughs>